Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. All right, we are back. Still riding solo this week, but Andy should be back at the weekend. Fingers crossed. He's still slightly under the weather. Nonetheless, you will have to suffer just uh, hopefully just one more time with myself before getting into everything, previewing the match between Roma and Napoli. Just a few items. Obviously, wanted to say thank you to all of our patrons over at Patreon. Your support means absolutely everything. Just very quickly, to just to know, to see where the support goes and what it means. It means when we get inquiries such as this, we are easily able to say thank you, but no thank you. So I received this email late yesterday evening, simply from somebody inquiring about potentially uh, uh, putting an advert on the podcast. And it is uh, for, uh, we will just say uh, male enhancement supplements. Because of all the wonderful support all of you give to us, uh, I I am able to, to say no thanks thank you but no thank you to uh to approaches such as this so from the bottom of my heart uh, and on andy's behalf too we thank all of you it, it truly does mean a lot and again uh, it means we don't have to lower ourselves to uh trying to come up with n- uh, two dozen different puns uh trying to find a way to integrate a uh, a uh, performance enhancing supplement aimed at males on the podcast or the website. So truly, uh, even if you aren't a patron, if, if you simply subscribe to us on YouTube, it, it does mean a lot. And again, it allows us to say, eh, w- w- we are okay, but thank you anyway to, to, uh, to those uh, interested advertisers such as that. So again, thank you to all of you. If you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash Press. And the YouTube, youtube.com slash at ISROMA Press. And again, thank you to everyone. Your support is absolutely immense. One other item, I'm sure you have recognized it by now if you've been onto the site within the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, this was like the culmination of months and months and months and months of work because you know. It is just Andy and myself. We don't have the resources of a, a website such as uh, La Roma 24, Forza Roma, some of these other entities that are larger. While we do have, obviously, a, a, a significant following, we don't... The staff is Andy and myself. That's it. So when there are things that need to be done to the website, updates, it, it is all done by us. It takes a very, very long time. I'm hoping and keeping my fingers crossed that you are able to recognize uh, very evidently and quickly and obviously that there is a performance improvement on the site. Essentially, we had to remove the old uh, website builder program we were previously using and switch to a new one that was more lightweight and did not put such a burden onto the visitors and create such a heavy loading uh, of the page. The page size was too large and, and it was a big problem across the site. So hopefully, because it took me several months to get done, hopefully you can at least notice something. And at worst, at least you like the layout a little better. Uh, or in neither case, if you think it sucks and you hate it, please 
let me know you everybody knows uh my twitter account uh let let me know let me know any changes or uh things you don't like what you would do to improve it i am always uh, open to uh potential feedback or i'm sorry to feedback and potential uh, um constructive criticism as to how we can make the website better so Truly, uh, to everyone who has hung in there with us, when if you did encounter like an error in the last weeks, thank you for your patience. It truly does mean uh, it does mean a lot. It it does mean a lot, especially during this time when we are all reflecting on how things have gone over the past year. Just the support we continue to be shown here between Andy and myself, uh, it, it is uh, it it's overwhelming at times and is difficult for me to come on here and express it properly. But I want all of you to know that he and myself, just the continued support from everyone. I'm, I mean, there are some people, the website, we initially opened it in 2014. We started off as just a social media account in 2010. I mean, I have known so many of you since the very beginning, uh, 13 years, 2010, that still follow us. I still watch us to this day. Uh, I, I know I have known many of you longer than I have my own children. A and to receive that continued support, uh, it, it is so overwhelming at times. But, you know, with the end of uh, 2023 being here and this usually being a time of uh, reflection and uh, wanted to give thanks I, I want everyone to know it just it means more than you could ever imagine that for all of these years uh, through Eusebio Di Francesco to, to now with uh, Jose Mourinho the support has really never wavered and it truly is one of the most overwhelming things that there are people who have stood by us for this long uh, Truly, I, I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, it, it means so, 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 so much. So thank you. All right, enough of the uh, mushy stuff. It's Roma, Napoli at the weekend. I said in the previous episode, the entire season comes down to these next four matches. And I am yet to see any evidence as to why that would not be the case. I saw some of the comments that many of you left in the previous episode when I asked what, what would be an acceptable record over these next four matches between uh, Napoli, Juve, Atalanta, Milan. Four huge, four vitally important matches, all direct clashes, so to speak, with teams that are in the race for top four. What is acceptable? I said at worst, two wins, one draw, one defeat. I absolutely stand by that. I, I am looking at, because obviously home to Napoli, away uh, playing in Torino against Juve, uh, home to Atalanta, and then at San Siro against Milan. They can do it. They, they can do it. They can get a result in one of these two away fixtures and they should win both fixtures at home i'm not going to waver on that i am not going to apologize for perhaps being too confident they can do it they need to do it i don't know how many of you subjected yourselves to 
watching Napoli in the Coppa Italia. Like, <laughs> speaking of Eusebio Di Francesco, I don't know how many of you saw them against uh, Frozenone at the midweek, but to say it was yikes, that's probably the only way to properly describe it. I mean, Napoli against Frozenone was a disaster class of the highest order. They looked horrible. Now, in fairness, this is a Napoli that is dealing with many, many, many injuries. And again, to be fair, all of these goals, I, I think Frozenone... All of the goals were scored. You know what? I should just pull it up because I'm going to say 30 minutes and I will probably be incorrect. Okay. Well, when we consider uh, extra time, it actually is a half an hour exactly. They they conceded the first goal in minute 65 in the second half. And then the final goal was scored in extra time in the 95th minute. Again, I don't know if many of you subjected yourself to that. Uh, it, was, uh, it was in Capania. So Napoli were at home. And uh, Eusebio, man, that was, that was a clinic in the second half that they put on. Now, as far as luck goes, that certainly uh, played a role in one, maybe two of those goals. However, however, okay, uh, Frozen only had more shots. They had more shots on target. They looked far more interested in playing. Napoli looked like they couldn't be bothered. I think it was a mix of fatigue and, and not really, uh, you know, they couldn't be uh, couldn't be bothered to really give something into this one. But it is not as if they played a weak team. No, I mean Mazzari, he he played uh, Simeone, Raspadori. He had uh, Deme in midfield. I mean, this he, it's not as if he punted on this one. Now, obviously, <laughs> because they were losing, he did have to bring on some of his more important players, uh, Osimen, Politano. Um, I mean, all of, the, all of the names came on in the second half, but they didn't make the difference. Uh, Frozenone, they would go on to win 4-0. And... I watched that match, and obviously, again, you have to take it with some grain of salt. You have to take it with some understanding that probably they are not necessarily punting this, but uh, certainly Mazzari is going to prioritize the match against Roma over this fixture. Uh, that is understood. I, I am not going to give to him too much, too much of a problem for that. However, I look at what happened between that match and what happened at the weekend. And I know Roma have no position to speak. No position to speak after what took place against Bologna because it was, that in itself was a disaster class. So it is not as if Roma gave us, at least against Bologna, any reason to, or, or a reason to give to them credit and uh, a reason for us to believe at 100% that they are, they are correctly uh, or should be or ought to be favorites against Napoli because they were horrible. Um, but, but Napoli at home against Cagliari, pulling one out of their backsides. They did not perform well, particularly that first half. That first half, it was uh, a... a 
a, a, a uninterested Napoli, it seems. I won't even say uninterested. I, I would say a blunt, a bl- blunted, blunted Napoli, a, a, a Napoli that, uh, that again, I, I won't say can't be bothered. It, it was, it's a mixture of ineffectiveness. And obviously when you take, <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is why the, appointment of uh, agent rudy was so baffling to me because to go from the football of luciano spalletti to uh mr garcia to now Cazzari, a guy who i i don't even know what you want to label his football i i haven't the slightest idea but i do know that all of us would unilaterally agree that Every single adjective or description that we would probably use to describe his football, they would all be very negative or at least have an implied negative connotation attached to it. To go from uh, Spalletti, Garcia, Mazzari, all within the span of six months, I I couldn't imagine being a player on that thing. uh, Poor Ostiman. The guy's mind must be spinning when he when he sees the ways of playing of Spalletti, and then you hear Mazzari come in, and he's speaking to you in this broken Italian, and you you hear the instructions he's giving to you, and then you juxtapose those to what Luciano is telling to you half of a year ago. I can only imagine just how uh, getting your head around that. And accepting that this is your new reality, how difficult that must be. But nonetheless, uh, this is not a Napoli that is back to playing as the team that won the Scudetto of last season. They still have very obvious defects. Do we even have to mention Juan Jesus being a first choice selection? We don't have to mention that. We don't even have to go into that. But that is their reality. One of the guys, one of my favorite, who I spoke of a year and a half ago, two years ago. I don't even remember when it started because I knew or I know very well his agent. And I was very uh, um, up to date and aware of uh, his situation is Anguissa, one of the most mind-boggling acquisitions to me of Napoli because uh, he was available for months and months and months and months and months and months. He was looking for a new home. He could have been, I mean, he was offered to all, all of the top, except Lazio. I'm looking at the table now. I, I mean, uh, Fulham, were do- uh, Fulham were doing everything they could to get rid of this guy. He wanted to leave. They wanted him to leave. He was offered to every single uh, top five to seven club in Serie A. Uh, Roma said thank you, but no thank you. In fact, they they did. Uh, uh, Tiago Pinto did have a discussion with his agent, and, and there was for about five seconds some smoke beginning to arise from the talks, but uh, ultimately Roma said, no, thank you. And I came on here again. It seems to be ancient history at this point, but I remember coming on here and and wanting to pull my hair out because he was exactly 
the profile that Roma needed in midfield. And I, I still maintain now that uh, he he possesses the exact uh, qualities that Roma lack in midfield. And Mediano, who uh, has very uh, uh, strong uh, positional awareness, he tactically, technically, uh, extremely proficient of a guy. So when I uh, I was told right away that Roma said uh, said no, we we are not going going to uh, do an offer for him and try to acquire him uh, concretely, I, I I was very very devastated because I, I think and still think uh, he would have been the, the perfect profile for Roma, but no need to get into that and cry over the uh, glass of spilled milk. You look at this Napoli and you just look at the attacking actions, the movements, the way they function now versus how they did half a year ago. This is, yes, it is the same players. Yes, it is the same team for the most part, but they just play so differently. They do not have that same self-assuredness of themselves. They don't, they they look like they are thinking far too much out on the pitch. It is not the free-flowing football that uh, Luciano allowed them to play. And, and it's mind-boggling to me that De Laurentiis went uh, the path that he did. It, it, it is a very confusing thing to me. But when we look at where Roma against Napoli, where they are being a, or where they can exploit things, I, I mean, I think it is obvious, yeah? It, it is an attack. You're going to have Romelu Lukaku, what what they decide to do as far as playing behind him, Lorenzo Pellegrini, who has been nothing short of a of a disaster thus far this season. Whether they decide to put uh, Andrea Balotti alongside him, we, we don't know yet at the moment. But I mean, I don't want to say Lukaku himself should be enough, but I am ostensibly somewhat saying that. Obviously, it is obviously silly to say that one guy. Can can not only carry an entire department, but but be the one to punish the opposition from that department. He's obviously going to need help. However, when you have uh, Romelu Lukaku available and at your disposal, versus when you do not, uh, it is very obvious that Roma are going to struggle to score. In fact, I mean, if we look, if we look at even when he and Paolo Dybala are at disposal. They struggled to score already. So this is something they are going to have to take advantage of. In fact, though, I'm curious to see what Lukaku does differently, how he functions differently. If they decide to continue, if Jose Mourinho decides to continue or go back to a 3-5-2, does he put uh, Balotti with him? Does he put uh, Stefano Sherawi slightly behind him? We don't know. To be quite frank with you, if I wanted to do something a bit different, which this is something I know Andy has advocated for at times, I think this would be the time where I would try to put Asmoon in there and just do something different. Give to them a different a, a different look, a different complexion of Roma. Because when Asmoon does go out there, and this is probably the, the time in which Andy would um, debate with me. Well, we know uh, that everybody knows their roles. Asmoon has been most effective when coming off of the bench. And I would, of course, not 
disagree with that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, when he does come on, he, for the most part, really seems to have a massive, massive impact on the affair. Uh, he really seems to change the functionality of the uh, the attacking department when he does come on. I, I mean, things just seem to open up with Asmoon when uh, when he gets introduced in that second half. I don't want to wait until the second half, though, for Roma to begin to threaten Napoli to score a goal. How about we put our foot on the gas earlier? Let's not wait until the latter stages of uh, of the match to give to them to give a spark to the attack how about we do that from the beginning that that is something i would want to see from jose Mourinho. now what that means as far as what is behind the attack because as moon lukaku whatever you do the problems of roma this season in my opinion the biggest ones are in midfield are in midfield. But the problem is, he is not going to change many things, if anything at all, in midfield. He's going to continue with Paredes in the the heart of it. He's going to put Cristante. Now, whether it is uh, Bove, Pellegrini, it remains to be seen. And then on the flanks, I I, I do not understand what what Jose Mourinho has opted to do with uh, with the right back situation, this thing where he seems to go back and forth, then back and forth between uh, uh, Dorp and Christensen, it, to me it makes very little sense. I would hope Dorp is the one to begin from the beginning against Napoli, but it remains to be seen because uh, to date there really does not seem to be any consistency behind his decision as to whether he's going to select uh, the Dutchman or the uh, or, or Christensen. You know, it, it just seems to lack any sort of uh, reasoning behind it. So we have to wait and see. And then at left, uh, on the left, I mean, at this point, it's going to be Spinazzola. I wouldn't be surprised if he put El Shirawi on the flank, but, but in my opinion... We saw what happened against Bologna when you had Belotti, El Sharawi next to each other. I, I just think now you, you can't put El Sharawi in attack like that. Put him outside wide on the flank. Allow him to do something with the ball at his feet when he has others in front of him. Do not, uh, don't have him be the one leading the attack. I think he needs to be on the flank. Uh, I, I would expect to see Spinazzola, but I... I I don't know at this point. I mean, Zaleski seems to be uh, not even under consideration anymore, which one year ago, one season ago, probably would have been difficult to envision. But when you see the problems he has had uh, in terms of uh, uh, helping out and giving his his, uh, contribution and attack, it is understandable. Now, I have now... Uh, I'm logging in now to uh, Gazzetta dello Sport just to see what they are tipping to be the formation of Roma. And naturally, of course, they're going to go against what I uh, what I hope. And okay, so they are saying Spinazzola and Asmun are are are. It remains to be seen. Um, obviously, we will have to. I think they are going to play, but uh, let's wait. 
they have they have Pellegrini right now, Gazzetta dello Sport, in the probable formation of Roma Napoli. They have they have Pellegrini on the left flank and El Sharawi playing behind Romelu Lukaku. So uh, essentially doing everything it. It is as if Gazzetta dello Sport heard me say those words, and then they changed the formation to, uh, in an attempt to to tempt me into hurling myself out of a window. I have a very difficult time believing that this is what it is going to be, but um, who 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 knows? Because they have even Christensen on the right, Karsdorp on the bench. I, I I do not believe that is going to be the case, but who knows? We will see. Um, that is where, though, unfortunately, this match is going to be determined, in my opinion, is the middle of the pitch. And <laughs> this is where Roma, they, they, anything? Can we see something? Can we see any form of consistency in the middle of the pitch from Roma? Because you want to talk about letting yourself down. They do that so often so often in midfield and there's very little uh, in the way of options as ways to change it. I know Andy has said it for weeks now that you cannot put Paredes as the uh, that regista in the heart of it. Move him to Mezzala, put Cristante into the middle, let him be that mediano, that, that defensive guy who can uh, you know, help curb the attack and give some backbone to the midfield uh, to me that that is an obvious uh, an obvious thing to do but but will they do it i am uh i am not going to hold my breath that jose Mourinho is going to make that change but uh who knows we can we can uh still maintain hope but this is where unfortunately again roma it, it's it's you are going to live and die by the midfield. Like most, like most teams, the middle of the pitch is where you determine how well you do in any given season. And I I just need to see something from them. I need to see Paredes put something in where not only is he able to help control the tempo of uh, the play of Roma, making key passes, uh, doing something to... Uh, to maybe take a risk to do that one pass forward uh, to free Romelu Lukaku that maybe you have been hesitant to do, but also to give some stability to the midfield and to assist much better. And we want to talk about uh, talk about uh, awareness of your position on the pitch, knowing where to be and when. I would say that is. Without question, without hesitation, in fact, one of his most critical areas of his game that he struggles with. And it is very difficult for me to understand because you look at these guys. this. I mean, this is a guy who played the Juve last season. He was playing at BSG. Uh, he is playing with strong players, and you would think he would be able to adopt um, a, a better sense of positioning where to be, how that player is going to be when he moves forward. I need to go there. If the ball goes that way, I need to be over here. I'm getting so animated. I knocked, I knocked my drink off of my desk. Fantastic. I need to see that from him. I need to see that from him. 
I can't have these inconsistent performances from him. And the difficult thing is when you have the guy who is, you know, the fulcrum of your midfield, if he is performing poorly, he is just, just by default going to drag the others around him down because they are going to have to make up for uh, the deficiencies that he is displaying. So I think because he has not been consistent this season, we have not seen uh, Cristante, at least when he is playing in the midfield, showing his best. And I think that has uh, almost a direct correlation to the fact that he is having to help mask or at least try to mask some of the deficiencies of Paredes. So that is something I want to see. I want to see something from him. I want to see something from him. It's going to be an interesting match, though, because I looked at, uh, before recording, I looked at uh, Napoli in Serie A thus far this season. So at home, and this is such a fascinating uh, bit of data, in my opinion. So at home, Napoli, eight matches, a record of three wins, one draw, four defeats. Points per, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, average points, one point to five. 12 goals scored, 13 conceded. Napoli away from home this season. Eight matches, five wins, two draws, one defeat. An average of uh, 2.13 points. 16 goals scored, 6 conceded. Fascinating to me. Fascinating. Now, sample size, uh, obviously we are what? One, uh, just over one-third of uh, the season completed. That is going to be obviously heavily influenced by uh, the teams you will play away versus who you have played at home thus far. Um, I would say as far as away matches now, uh, uh, Napoli have faced away from home. They have faced uh, Juve, which they lost. Atalanta, they won. And that is really about it as far as the bigger clubs go. So they uh, they have had a much uh, much easier away fixture run thus far uh, and the their latest came against Juve in that loss in which they lost one to zero so let's see what happens I I, I mean I, I beyond just the the baseline analysis of what we've seen from Roma and what we've seen in these days from Napoli there, there's very little that we can add as far as uh, original view of this match because let's face it whether we want to accept it or not, admit it or not, this Roma is consistently inconsistent. You do not know what you are going to get from one match to the next. And we could see them come out, perform valiantly, get a very important result, and begin this run of four matches with a vitally important win. Or we could see them absolutely piss themselves like we've seen, uh, you know, like we saw against Genoa. They give you very little reason to have faith in them from one match to the next. I would say that is probably the most, the, the biggest um, black eye uh, of... Uh, 
the the biggest I can't think of something else other than black eye. Uh, the the biggest hindrance or the biggest um, the, the bad mark. I don't know. I can't think of a word. As you can tell, I'm struggling right now. Uh, for the Roma of Jose Mourinho. I mean, if you look for, yeah, from a league perspective, only in a Serie A perspective, from weekend to weekend, it, it is you haven't any idea. You haven't any idea. And the one I mentioned on here, every single, I, I seem to mention this at least every single week. Do we want to go back and we remember, okay, Roma winning in Bergamo over Atalanta. Huge, huge victory. Much needed victory to get the uh, get the stench of uh, losing all of the big matches against the big teams to get that off of you. I mean, we, we all know when Paolo Fonseca uh, arrived, uh, he struggled in his two seasons uh, to, uh, to really get any sort of result against any of the big clubs. So when Jose Mourinho came, there really was a, a, an absolute thirst a desperation, you could say even, for uh, Roma to win these big games. And uh, Roma, they go to uh, they go to Bergamo, and what was it? It was four. What what was it? Uh, four to one. See, I was going to say four to zero. Four to one. Roma. They go to Bergamo in the first season of uh, Jose Mourinho, and they absolutely uh, hammer. Gasparini's men. And what happens after that? You are riding incredibly high. Y euphoria. You feel great. This can be the thing to, 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 to catapult you to more important results. And what happens after Roma, they go to Bergamo and they achieve an important result? We all know because you have heard me say the same thing on here. 1,000 times. They go to Bergamo. They win 4-1. to one. Then they come home just before Christmas, just before the holiday. The Olimpico, you are hosting an extremely, extremely, extremely shit Sampdoria. And they score uh, equalizer. I think it was like the 80th, 80, 85th minute, something like that. And you draw 1-1 one one against a shit Sampdoria team after winning in Bergamo. That is a perfect embodiment of the uh, Roma of Jose Mourinho in Serie A. That right there. Those, those two matches juxtaposed to one another from the 2021-2022 season. That's all you need to see. The, the, those two matches right next to each other. How many days apart did they happen? Let me see if I can find that very quickly. When those two matches, what the time in between those two was? It was four days, four, four, four days, four days. So 18, uh, 18th of December, 2021, Roma, they go to Bergamo and they win 4-1 over Atalanta. Just a few days later at home, just before the holiday, you're going to have a packed stadium. Uh, Roma, they draw 1-1 against a shit Sampdoria. That's, that's Aes Roma of Jose Mourinho. In Serie A. 
that has to end at some point. It has to. It has to. If you want to do anything, if you want Champions League football, this is where you have to stop that. This is where you have to stop that. You have to get the result against Napoli. Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. I, again, I can't believe I have made it almost, uh, it says 36 minutes. Thank you all for hanging in there with me. Thank you all for, uh, again, the support. Uh, we will be back, Andy and myself, after um, after the weekend. Uh, we obviously have uh, Christmas on uh, on Monday. So, Buon Natale to all of you who celebrate, uh, again, the support all of you have shown to us. It, so overwhelming. We can't thank you enough. I, I don't know when exactly we will record because uh, Napoli, Roma... It is on Saturday, so so probably probably um, the the episode will be out on on Sunday, uh, assuming Andy is feeling uh, better. But uh, all I know is you will see one of us in a few days. I just hope it is under positive circumstances because there is. I don't even want to consider what were to happen if it does not go well, and then you have uh, uh, the holiday. I, I I don't want to do it. I don't want to think about it. I, I'm just going to try and think positively. But nonetheless, we will be back in a few days. Until then, ciao.